Hello, and welcome to episode 15 of the Casual Try Hard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And today we're going to talk about war. Uh, war of the Spark. What is it good for? Um, never changes. It does never change. Yeah. We're really mixing our songs and, and stuff. <laughs> yeah, we're mixing up all our references today. That's fine. That's fine. We're high quality. Sure. So we want you guys to tweet your game entries at us at uh, Casual Tripod on Twitter using the hashtag CTHGame. Yep. You can also email them to us at CasualTryHardMTG at gmail.com or you can send them to us on Facebook at CasualTryHardMTG. Build a cart that has $25 worth of pre-release cards in it. Mm-hmm. From any vendor you want to, TCG Player, Channel Fireball, Star City, wherever you think you're getting the best deal. And then send us a picture of that cart. You don't have to buy the cards. You can if you want to, though. Yeah. And then once uh, the next set comes out, we will see whose cart was worth the most. Mm-hmm. And we got a special prize for you. Yeah. Currently, there's one entry. It's you. It's me. Yep. I'm winning. Uh, sure. I took my picture. I just haven't sent it to you yet. I like winning. Let me have this right now. <laughs> okay. So we are at uh, the Myrtle Beach uh, Games and Comics Studios. Yep, with our good friend Juan, who's uh, producing another video episode for us. So hopefully uh, we'll have some beautiful cards here between us. Woo! So you can follow along in the video. Yep. And we're going to try to make a goldfish list that we can post so you can follow along with the cards that we're talking about when you listen to the audio version. Yep, we'll try and keep them in order so you can go right down the list. We're going to talk about mechanics first, mm-hmm. and I think the first thing is Planeswalkers Matter, right? Yeah, it's not really a mechanic, but it's kind of a theme of the set that everything else is built around, and it does add a whole bunch of complexity, so it's kind of treated as a mechanic. There are a whole bunch of Planeswalkers in this set. 36, not counting Tez? Right. They're at Mythic, Rare, and Uncommon. Um, it's the first time that's been done. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be a Planeswalker in every pack. And there's also a whole bunch of cards that reference Planeswalkers in particular, uh, like named Planeswalkers. And there's also cards that deal with Planeswalkers in some different ways. There are cards that say, uh, if you control this Planeswalker, do this extra effect mm-hmm. on the cards. So yep. there's Liliana's Triumph, which is your opponent sacrifices a creature. Mm-hmm. But... If you control a Liliana Planeswalker, they also discard a card? Yep. Right? So there's a lot of cards like that. Like the Triumph series, Mm -hmm. and then Planeswalker text matters. It's similar to the Legend text in Dominaria. Yep. So it was the same kind of thing. There was a Legend in every pack. Now Mm -hmm. we get a Planeswalker in every pack. Yep. Uh, The next thing that's a mechanic of the set is a returning mechanic. Um, I believe it was first in Scars of Mirrodin, I think was the first set it was in. I'm going to go with Shore. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure it's Scars. I believe you. Um, It's Proliferate. Uh, So Proliferate is you choose any number of permanents or players, and you add another counter of whatever type is already on that permanent or player. So yeah. it can be plus one, plus one counters. It can be neg one, neg one counters. It can be loyalty, poison, energy. Whatever. Charge. Yeah, whatever whatever it has, it gets another one. Yeah, so in this set, uh, a lot of the uncommon planeswalkers will tick down to one loyalty, mm-hmm. and then they don't have an uptick. Right. So the way to get additional activations is to proliferate on them. Mm-hmm. The other mechanic, they only have, we only have two new mechanics because all the complexity is wrapped up in Planeswalkers, right. is a mass. Yep, so what's a mass do? So a mass is you get to put a plus one, plus one token, sorry, a plus one, plus one counter on a zombie army token that you have. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a zombie army token, you make one and then put that many plus one, plus one counters on it. So there right. are cards with a mass one. So you would make a one, one, you'd make a zero, zero, then put a plus one, plus one counter on it. Yep, so it'd be a one, one. Right. And then, let's say you play a card that has a mass two, mm-hmm. 
you don't make another army. You right. just make your army that you already have uh, get two plus one plus one counters. Right. Also works with proliferate. Yeah. So you make a you end up making one big army guy. Right. As opposed to making a bunch of smaller tokens. Mm-hmm. So and that works with, like with proliferate and yep. it gives a lot of cards that don't typically have an impact on the battlefield. Yeah. They just have stapled a mass on a bunch of. Yeah. Like there's a. Um... So there's a tormenting voice mm-hmm. that costs one extra mana that yeah. has a mass one. So it's like a three mana one one that then has a tormenting voice stable onto it. You can think right. of it like that. Yep. This is a kind of a different mechanic, but those are the only two mechanics we have is proliferate and a mass. Yep. Because the planeswalkers themselves are a little bit more complex than, than they've been doing in a lot of recent sets. And especially since they dialed them back into um, uncommon also. Yeah. We should note, going back to Planeswalkers, that there is something new that's happening with Planeswalkers, right? So Planeswalkers have static abilities now. Oh, yeah. So all the Planeswalkers have effectively, like, almost like an enchantment ability or an artifact ability. Yeah, something ongoing that you don't have to activate them to have happen. Yeah, so, and this is through all the rarities. Yep. So a lot of the uncommon Planeswalkers, maybe their downtick ability isn't that good, mm-hmm. but maybe their static ability is good, mm-hmm. or vice versa. I'm static... looking at you, Dovin. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> um, like, I mean, I think Kiora has the best of both worlds. I, I do, too. I really yeah. like Kiora. We're going to talk about Kiora in a little bit here. But yeah, so you have these cards that maybe having the Planeswalker around just for the static ability is important. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them have an odd number of loyal, starting loyalty. Mm-hmm. And an even activation. Right. So they'll tick. They'll go from five to three to one. And then they just hang out. And then you get their static ability. Mm -hmm. So it gives you almost like you end up with like an enchantment Mm -hmm. almost. So that's an interesting twist that Mm -hmm. we've not seen before. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Adds a lot of design space. It makes like limited. It gives an extra wrinkle to limited because maybe you don't care about the down tick, but you need to kill the planeswalker because the you got to get rid of that static ability. The static ability. So it, it like makes limited different because it might not just be like, oh, I have to kill every planeswalker I see. Right. You can like make a decision of mm, this isn't all that good. I can mm-hmm. let it sit on the board. Well, I don't <clears throat> like. It's not like limited in the past where you realistically can kill every planeswalker you see. I mean, if there's a planeswalker in every pack when you're drafting, everybody realistically is going to have ish planeswalkers mm-hmm. so it's not like you can kill every planeswalker you see yeah and they might not be worth killing yeah it's also going to make kind of a weird draft format also because like the planeswalkers in your deck are going to kind of eat into your non-creature spells right yeah so maybe your numbers have to change a little bit maybe instead of like 18 creatures you play like 16 and two planeswalkers and then your spells i think it depends on what your planeswalkers are like yeah. there's uh the blue one that makes tutus and loots yeah so like that's that's kind of a creature a creature but then there's some that just don't have an effect on the board. Yeah. And like they just kind of count as your non-creature. They're yeah. like enchantments. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on what they do. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. We talked about in Ravnica Legions uh, how to like approach brewing. Right. And how to put stuff together. Mm-hmm. So we want to kind of apply those same things here. There's a, a whole bunch of cards that we're really excited to brew decks with. And that's kind of how we're going to approach this episode is we're going to talk about some of the new cards because they're sweet and they're exciting. But we're not just going to go through the list of every cards because I think that gets boring. Yeah, we could have done like top 10 lists and that would have been like, you know, yeah. cool, but not as interesting as like what kind of decks we see these cards slotting into or what kind of decks they might support. Yeah, and we're also going to point out some uh, some unique synergies and some uh, cool interactions that uh, maybe you haven't noticed yet or uh, feel inclined to build around. Yeah, I think the one you're most excited about, especially after seeing a Star City video, is like an amassed. Yeah, that looked 
super strong. Like I know we had talked in a previous episode and also in private about a like a Bolas control deck. Mm-hmm. And I believe it was Todd Anderson was playing a version of a Bolas control deck on their Versus series. The direction he took it was a little bit different than what me and you had brewed up. And he built like an Amass control deck where I think the only creatures he was running was uh, Agrabolas. Okay. Um, but he was running uh, Enter the God Eternals, uh, which is... Two blue, blue, black? Yeah, I think so. It's a five drop. And uh, you do three damage to a creature, uh, gain three life, and then Amass four. You deal, you deal four. It's four damage? Yeah, so it's deal four, wow. gain four, Amass four, and then you mill someone for four. That's right. That's the other part. So it's like one effect for each of the God Eternals. Yep. So it kind of reads like Siege Rhino. Yeah. Siege Rhino that needs a target, unfortunately. In some cases, it's better than Siege oh, Rhino, yeah. though, because you're taking, you're gaining the life, you're taking care of a thing, and you're left behind with a big body. Yeah. And especially if you can use the um, the mill for some effect, namely with some of the jumpstart cards from guilds, like there's benefit in that. You're oh, yeah, not just absolutely. milling for nothing. So there's that card, and then... Uh, widespread Brutality they were using um, as a wrath effect that leaves behind your army, coincidentally. Okay, so it's one black, red, red, and you amass two. Yep. And then your army deals damage equal to its power yep. to each creature. Each other creature. Each other creature. Yep. So it doesn't kill itself, plays nicely with some of the other amass cards, can lead to a pretty big blowout. Yeah, so you can like end up with, if you have like a 3-3 three, three, uh, army token, then you play Widespread Brutality. Yeah. You get a 5-5 five, five, and that should just punch everything yeah, and kill it. Yeah, it should just about wrath the board. Yeah, and then you're left with a 5-5 five, five, and you get to swing in. Yep, you get to swing in immediately. Yeah. Um, that's kind of one of the cool things about a mass also, is that if the zombie token is already in play at the start of your turn, the counters you put on it are basically haste. Yes. Um, you can swing in right away and deal a whole bunch of damage out of nowhere, especially with widespread brutality or whatever it is. You're clearing the way for it and cracking in with a big dude. Another card that they didn't have in their deck, but I'm kind of excited to play with, is a Dreadhorde Invasion, which is kind of the new Bitter Blossom. One and a black for an yep. enchantment, yep. and you amass one each turn. Yep, and you lose one life. You lose one life. It also has some relevant text at the end, where if your zombie army at the beginning of combat has power six or more, it gains lifelink. Okay. So you can gain back some of that life that you've lost previously. And like I said, when you're playing with some of these other cards with the bigger amassed numbers on them, it's basically haste. So, you know, you play this thing on turn two. By the time you're ready for uh, Enter the God Eternals or Widespread Brutality, your guy's gonna probably going to be big enough to trigger the lifelink mm-hmm. and you're going to gain all that right back. Kind of hasty. Like, it's kind of dirty. So it's like Bitter Blossom, but different, right? Bitter right. Blossom goes wide. Mm-hmm. This is going to go tall. Mm -hmm. But it's going to replace itself, too. Yeah. So, like, if something deals with your amass token, it it lets kind of lets you start back over. Yeah, you get to start making your big guy again. Yep. Which is good. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just worry that just having one big threat is easier to deal with at times. Yeah, I mean, it can be. Yeah. Enchantments are always difficult to deal with, so that's probably going to just hang out there and just keep making one ones and two twos. Yeah. I mean, not everybody main decks enchantment removal in some colors. Don't yeah. interact with enchantments at all. So, speaking of colors that don't interact with enchantments, yeah, Nicobolus, yeah, he doesn't interact with enchantments. No, so we've got this kind of a mass maybe bolus control deck, mm-hmm. but then we had been excited about just like a straight bolus, a straight bolus control, deck. Bolus control yeah. deck. Like your win condition is negate your bolus, win yeah. the game. Yeah. 
similar to like what the Esper control decks were with Alt Teferi win the game. Okay, Except- that was that was Alt Teferi win the game in like forty five minutes. Yeah, when your opponent decides that they don't want to play anymore. Yeah, they've already cooked dinner. They've yeah. sick of hitting space bar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bolas actually says you win the game. Yeah. So a reminder. Let me like bring this up here. Bolas is blue, black, 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 red. Yep. For four loyalty, a Bolas planeswalker. Yep. And. He has all the abilities of all the other Planeswalkers that are in play. Yeah, it seems pretty good. Seems good. Plus one, you draw a card. Your opponent has to either sacrifice a permanent or discard a card. Mm-hmm. So if they deal with the Bolas, you have hard three for one them. Yep. Neg three is destroy target creature or Planeswalker. Seems good. So if you don't want to copy their Planeswalker's ability, you can just... Blow it up. And then Neg eight, each opponent who doesn't control a legendary creature or Planeswalker loses the game. Uh, conveniently, Bolas takes care of all of those legendary creatures and planeswalkers. Yes, he's kind of self-contained. Yeah. So we were interested in kind of coming up with a way to build a kind of like an, an analog of the Esper control deck. But with Grixis. But with Grixis. Yep. Far superior colors. Yeah. Like Stupid we, white cards. Yeah. We, we, <laughs> we can get them on islands, but we're not going to get them on planes. No, like, definitely just, not. It's just You're too, lucky to get me on islands. That's just too far. So one card that looked cool was Angras Rampage. Yeah. It's a edict effect for basically any kind of permanent. Um, you get to choose one. Target player sacrifices an artifact. Target player sacrifices a creature. Or target player sacrifices a planeswalker. All for the low, low cost of a black and a red mana. Yeah. So it kind of lets you deal with anything early on. Like, yep. oh, there's a Carnage Tyrant. There's not a Carnage Tyrant anymore. Yep. Like there's a, an opposing Bolas. There's no longer an opposing Bolas. Yeah, so it kind of is a catch-all. It kind of fills the role that, like, Mortify fills. Mm -hmm. And then you have Bedevil from the previous set, which is Black, Black, Red, Instant, Destroy Target, Creature, Planeswalker, or Enchantment. Yep. I guess that's more the Mortify analog. Right. And then we were... Or, it's not an enchantment. It's an artifact. Artifact. Artifact, Creature, Planeswalker. Right. Um, And then we also have uh, Ionize, which is another card from a previous format. Um, it's a colorless, a red and a blue mm-hmm. counter a spell that spells controller takes two damage. Yep. I think that's pretty solid in this deck also. Kind yeah. of the analog to absorb, right? Yeah. Actually easier to cast than absorb. Yes. So we kind of think this deck's going to be base black and you're going to either splash red or blue. Uh, both. Or both. Probably going to be a little bit heavier red because that way you get access to uh, Lava Coil as an exiling spell, which is kind of relevant right now. Mm-hmm. I get that kind of fills the uh, Moment of Craving slot. Yeah. Except for it kills bigger things than Moment of Craving. Right. And it exiles, which is very relevant. Yeah. And then Liver into Evil. Which has some awesome artwork, by the way. Um, two and a black for a sorcery. And you get to pick four cards from your graveyard. And if you control a Bullless Planeswalker, you put all four into your hand. Otherwise, your opponent gets to pick two of them. And then you have to exile Deliver into Evil. Yep. Because it didn't want awesome, awesome loops happening. Oh, man, yeah. Right. But basically, it's like a sorcery speed factor fiction. Mm-hmm. That, like, worst case for one less mana. Yep. Out of your graveyard. Out of your graveyard. So you know, like, you're going to get four spells mm-hmm. if you've gone long enough into the game. You know, that works pretty good with uh, Enter the God Eternals. It does, because you get back your 4-4 four, four that Lightning Helix is then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that also mills. So yeah. you're filling your yard with four. things to get back. There's some there's some synergies here that could be worked on. Like yep. that card might not be good enough, but it might also just be great. Yeah, we will see. But yeah, so there's some interesting stuff that's already in standard, mm-hmm. and it, I really feel like they put power in the set, yeah. but power that's kind of spread out. Yeah, they didn't they didn't make one deck great. 
Um, the cards don't overlap a ton. Um, so it's like they're all trying to push you to do different things. Uh, when we were coming up with this list, I mean, there was a ton of things that we were interested in building that aren't part of this list at all. Yeah. Like we were talking about a Gideon thing. He's nowhere, nowhere, no, in, nowhere in here. Today. But like they didn't like make a bunch of like awesome blue and white cards right. to just like push the Teferi deck that you have to play that. Right. Right. So there seems like there's a good mix of they made a bunch of good you know, kind of Grixis cards. Mm hmm. So now you're interested in playing all these Grixis cards you couldn't play before. Right. It's good that we might end up with like two control decks. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's good. Uh, <laughs> and I have to play against two different control decks. But like there'll be two control decks instead of like every game being like hollowed fountain. Okay, I know what I'm playing. Yeah. Right now you're going to see like, okay, watery grave. What am I playing? Right. Right. And that'll be, that'll be a good change to see. Mm hmm I agree. If, if that works out. So we're going to go from control mm -hmm. to just big dumb stuff. Oh, this deck sounds awesome. I'm really excited to play with this one. So we've got kind of a Simic ramp deck when there's a bunch of kind of pieces laying around that might do something really good. Yeah. So let me lay out a magical Christmas land for you. Okay. okay I'm in. Turn one land war elf. Okay. Uh, turn two, Kiora behemoth beckoner. Okay. Keep talking Santa. So <laughs> Kiora is a... Uh, Two and a hybrid green-blue for a Kiora Planeswalker with uh, starting loyalty seven. Her static ability is whenever a creature with power four or greater enters a battlefield under your control, you draw a card. That's good. Uh, she has a neg one that untaps a permanent. That's also pretty good. Yeah. So turn two after you've played your elf, you play a Kiora. Okay. Uh, turn three, you play Bioessence Hydra. Okay. We're going to have to tell with people what this is. So Bioessence Hydra is a... Three generic, uh, blue and a green, or a four-four Hydra. Let's see when it comes into play. Because in the end, it's battlefield with a plus one plus one counter for each loyalty counter on a planeswalker you control. Yeah. Remember, Kiora starts with seven. Yeah, she'll have six after you cast this on turn three. And whenever one or more loyalty counters is put on a planeswalker you control, put that many plus one plus one counters on uh, Bio Essence Hydra. Yeah. So you get like a ten ten Trampler on turn. On turn three. On turn three. Oh. And you draw a card off of Kiora. Oh, yeah, and you draw a card. Yeah. That's, that's pretty solid. Yeah. I'll take seems that. seems great. I'll, I'll take that. It's also, like, all of these cards are great with uh, big flying Hydra ooze. Yeah. Uh, Hydra Crisis. That's the one. Big flying Hydra <laughs> flying, uh, ooze, yes. Yep. I was also trying to kind of pick through the card file and look at maybe some commons and uncommons, because we're going to talk about a lot of mythics and rares. Mm -hmm. So something that might fit in here, if you play like a really high land count, is mm -hmm. like a Boreal Grazer. Oh, I think you do play a high land count in this for this reason and with a Growth Spiral. Mm -hmm. So a Boreal Grazer is a is one green mana mm -hmm. for an O3 with reach. Mm -hmm. Important. Randomly reach. with reach, yeah. And, well, he's like a sloth guy in a tree. Sure. Um, but when he comes into play, you put a land from your hand onto the battlefield. So it gives you a way to ramp up one, mm -hmm. but you have to have the lands in hand. So it like, right. encourages you to play 28 maybe 29 lands, so yeah. that plus Grow Spiral, you always have lands to put in, mm -hmm. and you can get to cast your big things. Mm -hmm. And if your big things are Hydroid Crises, even when they're like for four, right. you're starting to reload yep. and then find your other big stuff. Yep, and with Kiora, all your big stuff is drawing you cards, so. Mm -hmm. And then we can go really big. Yeah, really big. We can go uh, Nissa Who Shakes the World. Yeah, what's she do? That is three green green. Yep. Or Nissa Planeswalker. Yep. Got to dig out the sheet here. Her static ability mm -hmm. is uh, whenever you tap a forest for mana, add an additional green. It doubles all your mana because you're going to play only forests because mm -hmm. you're smart. Plus one, put three plus one plus one counters on up to one target non-creature land you control. Untap it. It becomes a zero zero elemental uh, with vigilance. 
and haste. Haste. It's still a land. Yep. They give it haste so you don't have to remember which land you played for the turn. Yes. So worst case scenario, she you, you can think of it as making a three three, but also it just untaps your mana. Yeah. The next turn after you play Nissa, you have twelve mana. Yeah. Uh, there are some things you can do with 12 mana, but what's her, what's her minus? And so you, she's minus eight. She has mm-hmm. like an actual ultimate. Mm-hmm. Uh, lands you control have indestructible. Search your library for any number of forests and put them on uh, to the battlefield tapped and shuffle your library. It doesn't say basic forest. It says right. forest. So you can go get uh, your shock Breeding lands. pool. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nissa with five forests. And then we can start our next turn and have access to 12 mana. Right. So what do you do with that 12 mana? You can you can play red and you can banefire people. You could possibly have more than 12 mana if you use Kiora, right? Yeah. Like if you Kiora, like you can have, double. Yeah, you have lots of mana. Yeah. We need some creatures in here, maybe mm-hmm. some arboreal grazers or something. But we can play Finale of Devastation. Yeah. So this is uh, the new green sun, right? Yes. It's a uh, X green green for a sorcery. And it says, search your library and graveyard for a creature card with CMC X or less and put it onto the battlefield. Okay. Then it also has another line of text. It says, if X is 10 or more, creatures you control get plus X plus X and haste. So on turn six or turn five, really, if you ramp your Nissa out, yeah. you can have access to 12 mana. Yeah. Go get the biggest, dumbest thing. Give it haste. Yeah. And plus 10, plus 10. So like if you have like a random land of war elf laying around. It's huge. It's a big land of war elf. Yeah. But we need to give him trample. Yeah. How we do, can't how just have an 11. Uh, well, there's this card that's <laughs> stone unplayable. Yeah. But maybe it'll have a stay in the sun. And that's Endery's Forerunners. Yep. Uh, so that's from the previous set from Allegiances. Uh, and it's five green, green, green or a seven, seven mm-hmm. with trample and haste. Mm-hmm. When it comes in the battlefield, all your other creatures get plus two, plus two, Vigilance and Trample. And That's a big pig. Yeah, it is a very big pig. Even a bigger pig than our current favorite big pig. Yeah. But that comes into play, gives all your little nerds Trample. Mm-hmm. Your little nerds aren't little anymore because they've now gotten somehow plus 12, plus 12. Yeah, <laughs> probably going to end the game. He also gets the buff because he comes into play and then you give it. Correct. So he's a 17-17 Trample Haste. Yeah. That usually will get the job done. Yeah. Especially along the alongside of a uh, fourteen fourteen trampling Lanoir elf. Yeah, I think oh, probably we can, we can mission accomplished here. Yeah, we can get we, we can get you dead now. Uh, if they play any blue, we're getting negated, and we are super sad. Oh yeah, but yeah, actually, my last note on here is I don't know how competitive this deck is going to be, but man, is it going to be fun. Oh yeah. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna lose, but you're gonna be like, you know what I did on turn six? I just ended it <laughs> with like seventy power. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, people are like, oh, you're so awesome. You're like, yes, I am. <laughs> that one time it works, man. It's gonna work. Yeah, or Royal Grazer does not have a, a defender. He does can get not. in there. Oh, he yeah. can get in there. Our little sloth can go. <laughs> we can we can go big with Nissa with mm-hmm. Kiora. So we can go big another way and mm-hmm. like avoid paying mana for things. Mm-hmm. So we can we can go gruel monsters. Yeah, and we've been kind of playing with a both of us have been playing with a version of this on arena. Obviously it's gonna change with some of these new cards. Yeah. So we have Ilrag the Razebore. Yeah, this card is one of the first cards that was spoiled for the set, right? It was like the first day of week one spoilers, I think. I don't remember, sure. It was really early. Okay. And it got me really excited. He is the second biggest pig. Yeah, he's the best pig. He's the best pig. Yeah. So he's a three red red. 
for a 6.6 trampler. Which is just good on rate. Right, yeah. I mean, that's almost Verderous Gear Hulk. Yeah. And whenever he attacks, you get to put a creature card from your hand into play attacking. Yes. For free. For free. For now, free. it returns back to your hand after after the turn or after combat. That just means you get to do it again. You do. Yeah. You do. And he has the god text. Right. So if he is killed or put into exile, you get to put him three cards from the top mm-hmm. of your deck. So they can't really kill him. You're just going to draw him in a couple turns. Yeah. There's no way, unless they tuck it and hit, make you shuffle, or I guess tuck it and mill or counter it. Like he's just coming back. Yes. You can't exile it. You can't kill it. It's just coming back. So mention countering it. Yeah. Let's, let's not let that happen. Yeah. How so, are we going to do that? He needs haste. Absolutely. Right, because you don't want to like play him and then cross your fingers and hope he doesn't die. Mm-hmm. You want your opponent to be tapped out, then you want right. them to be dead. Right. Right. So Rhythm of the Wild yeah. fixes problem one of getting him countered. Yep. Can't do that anymore. Also gives him haste. Also gives him haste. It's, it's great. Yep. You, you slam him into your rhythm, mm-hmm. and then you just need some big dumb idiots. Mm-hmm. Hopefully big dumb idiots you could realistically cast at some point. Mm-hmm. What's, right. a, what's a really good big dumb idiot that you could realistically cast at some point? I mean, there's a 12-12 with yeah. Trample. Yeah. So Galta. Yeah. You pig into Galta. Yeah, that's pretty good. That that seems like a win. Yep, yeah, seems like that would probably do the job. And then there's a new card you could uh, you could uh, pig out, mm-hmm. and that is the new Ronis, mm-hmm. a God Eternal Ronis. There we go. Yep, it's a three green green for a five five Death Touch. I don't know why you need Death Touch when you're a five five, but I feel like you just smash people anyway. Yeah. Well, what's Ronis do? Ronis, when he comes into play, doubles the power of all the creatures you control, and gives good. them vigilance. Right. Yep, vigilance, yeah. and then um, has the God text, and then has the God text of Tuck. Uh, if he gets destroyed. The Vigilance isn't really useful because mm-hmm. your guys are already tapped and attacking when you play when you put Ronuses off the big pig. Right, but the plus X plus X is. Is real good. Yeah. Right, so like if you're curved, like even not even super magical Christmas land. Yeah. If it's just like, you know, Rhythm of the Wild into... Phoenix. Ste- Phoenix or into Steel Leaf Champion. Yeah, Steel Leaf. And then Hasty Pig mm-hmm. into Ronus. Like, well, I think s- Steel Leaf into... Big Pig might be asking a little much of your mana. Maybe. Maybe. So find Phoenix or uh, um, oh my, my boy Spellbreaker. Mm-hmm. Right? You play your Spellbreaker. Yep. He's like a 5-5. Five, five. Yep. You play your Hasty Pig and then you like Ronus and you have a 12-12 Trampler from your pig. Or 12-6. Yeah, a 10-6 Trampler off your Spellbreaker. Yep. And a 5-5 five, five Death Toucher. Seems pretty good. I think you win that game. Probably. I think that works out well. You can't get settled. This is true. You cannot get settled if you have Gruel Spellbreaker out. I forgot to put my Gruel Spellbreaker and got settled yesterday. <laughs> I was like, it's fine. It's mono white. I'm just going to attack. Got settled. Got four lands. Oh, man, you got LSV'd. Still won the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things that like the pig just gets to put in yeah. that just ruin the game. And it's like, I think a combination, some split of uh, Rhythm of the Wild and Dom Dom Raid. Raid. Yeah. That gives all your creature, gives you a mana and gives you riot, right? That's another way to just give the pig haste. Mm-hmm. I think some split of those two cards so you can like reliably on turn like five have yep. a hasty pig is going to do some silly things. Yeah, I think so too. Ronus is just good in like a green stompy deck. Yeah. 
having like two or three at the top end and just no height fair ox into Ronus. Yeah. And you're just like, here, here's a 12, six, like you had to chump it anyway, but you also have my steel leaf champion and some other, like you have my pelt collector. That's now like an eight, four trampler. Yeah. You, you win the game mm-hmm. to get out of all the mythics. We have crunch wrangler crunch. I hope I said that right. Crunch Wrangler. Yeah. He's one in the green for a warrior. Mm-hmm. That's important. It's very important. And he's a 2 1 mm-hmm. with trample. He uh, gets a plus one, plus one counter whenever something bigger comes in? With when a creature with power four or more comes in. Okay. Like a reasonable curve is like Pelt Collector into this. You put mm-hmm. a counter on your Pelt Collector and then you play a Gruel Spellbreaker. Put a counter on your Pelt Collector and the Crunch Ranger. Yeah. Now you have 10 power mm-hmm. on turn three. You're going to play something else big next turn because your deck's built to make your Crunch big and you're going to have 12 trampling power on turn four. Probably win that game too. Yep. I would uh, imagine so. Can't get settled. Um, <laughs> That's like a, a uh, like a reasonable curve. It can kind of go in for like Crawlhor Pruner mm-hmm. or it can go in for like uh, Thorn, Lieutenant. Thorn Lieutenant in that two drop slot. It makes the deck a little softer to probably uh, Esper. Chain, and Chain Whirler. And Chain Whirler, but has just, can makes it more explosive. Right. And like you can stick a Galta in there too somewhere and you mm-hmm. can just get there. That actually might be a good arena deck because, like, the games that you have it, you have it, and you just crush them early. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if you get Chain Whirler, you just scoop it up. I, I never seem to be the person who has it. <laughs> it's like, oh, they had it again. Then I play their deck, and I never have it. So we have uh, one more card here. One more card. It's in the Gruel Colors. I don't know if this is necessarily the shell for it or not. Yeah, it might go more in the, like, go big strategy. That's Living Twister. Yeah, so Living Twister is green, red, red? Yes, for a 2-5. Blocks everything. Blocks everything. Blocks the mono red deck. Um, and it has two kind of unique abilities. Uh, the first one is you can pay a colorless and a red and discard a land from your hand. And you can shock something. It's any target. Uh, the second is you can pay a green and return a tapped land you control to your hand. Basically turns into one red green, take a land from the battlefield, turn it into a shock. Yep. So that's a good use of resources. Yeah, it's protection against flood. Yeah, you can never flood out because all your lands are shocks. Yep. And so it could be good as a way to like kind of bridge in like the ramp deck we were talking about, mm-hmm. uh, where you just get to play something that can block and then pick up your lands and throw them. Mm-hmm. It's kind of awkward that it's like green, red, red. Yeah, it is. So like it'd be hard to splash that in your Simic deck, your mm-hmm. like your base Simic deck. Yeah. But I guess if you were Gruels, because the blues, is, it's only one blue pip for... Um, the Hydra and Hydroid Crisis. So maybe your rules splash blue. It's a neat card. I don't know if it's good enough. Yeah. But it's cool though. I think the the kind of the stompy stuff, there's probably a just big dumb stompy deck. Oh yeah. Just I'm sure finding there is. it. Yeah. So we we're gonna move from playing fair creature based magic. To Brian's favorite kind of magic. Unfair, terrible magic. Yep. Or maybe only one person gets to play. <laughs> that person's me. Hopefully. Hopefully. Or one person gets to play and it's my opponent as I do nothing. <laughs> nothing at all. <laughs> So that's Bolas's Citadel. Yeah, so Bolas's Citadel was another one that was spoiled really early, right? Yeah, we've already talked about this guy a little bit. We did, yeah. We've refined our our speculative list now. (laughs) Do you want to uh, tell him what it does again? Sure. It's three black black for an artifact. And let's see if you can read this wall of text here. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. Okay. Okay. You may play the top card of your library. If you cast a spell this way, you pay life equal to its casting cost Mm -hmm. as opposed to paying mana. And then you can tap it and sacrifice 10 non-land permanents and each opponent loses 10 life. 
Okay. I feel like this encourages you to play cards that gain you life, mm-hmm. particularly cards that gain you more life when they're cast than mm-hmm. they cost. Right. Because it just kind of lets you go infinite. Mm-hmm. And you got to play a bunch of permanents. Doesn't even matter if they're good. Right. They're you just, just have need to exist. stuff. You need stuff so you can live long enough to kill them. It would also be kind of nice to have either a shuffle effect or a draw effect so that if you get a second land on top, you don't get stuck. Yes. You've had like an artifact build. So what was your artifact build kind of Yeah, so I was thinking Fountain of Renewal Mm because it gains you a life every turn. It's a mana. Yep. And you can also sacrifice it to draw a card. Okay. Which gets you past that second. Like if you hit your second land, you can draw a card, get through it. Mm -hmm. Um, It costs one mana. So on your the first turn that it exists, you're getting back that life that you paid to cast it. Yeah. The second was Navigator's Compass. It's a one drop that gains you three life when it enters a battlefield. Basically has no text, yes. But well, it gains you three I life. Mean, technically, it could help you cast the Citadel. Yeah, it is three black mana. Yeah. But yeah, basically, it's just one mana gain three life, which is exactly what the car uh, is looking for. Um, and then you have Arazka Relic, uh, which I believe you sack for life in a card. Yeah, like when you have the City's Blessing? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So once you have your 10 permanents that you can start activating your, your Citadel, you yep. can sack it for a card. So I was thinking kind of like an Abzan build mm-hmm. where you're playing things like uh, Revitalize, Trash All-Star card, uh, Sovereign's Bite. <laughs> it's awful. But it deals three and gains you three. Yep. And then any of the white creatures from Ixalan that gains you life, right? they're going to give you a chance to get permanents on the battlefield, maybe block, mm-hmm. and then get sacrificed later on. Mm-hmm. Bond of Flourishing, which is a new card. It's one in a green you get to look at the top three cards and put a permanent in your hand. Okay. And then you gain three life. So this helps you dig to your bolus of citadel. A way to get through the lands would be Wayward Sword Tooth. Mm-hmm. You could just get through your lands by, by just playing, playing them off the top one. by playing an extra one. So that would help because there was uh there was a dino's deck with uh experimental frenzy that relied on Wayward Sword Tooth to to get through pockets of land. Mm-hmm. So just any anything that gains life lets you kind of go through and play cards off uh, off your citadel. Mm-hmm. Also, Eora untaps a permanent. Okay. If you end up with twenty permanents, that might be a little too cute. That, that might be that <laughs> might be a little too much. She is green, so that does get us there. Yep. And like if you played white, you might not be able to play the green then. But if you played white, you could play like Kaya's Wrath. Mm-hmm. And like keep yourself alive long enough to not to get to your to get your engine going with Bolas of Citadel. And if you're playing a bunch of life gain creatures in that build, Kaya's Wrath would also gain you life. Yeah. So you just kind of have this way to, you know, hopefully just go through your deck all in like one turn. What about that? Uh, I just thought of this, that vampire that like builds up your life loss. And then when he dies, you gain it back. Gosh, Paladin of something. Paladin of Atonement. Yeah, it's like one in a white for a 1-1. One, one. Yeah, I think so. And you put a counter on it whenever you... Uh... I think it's the end of turn. Like, if you lost life that turn. Oh, so it's just one? It's just one counter. That See, might be cute with Bolas' Citadel, though. Like, you like pay a life, put a counter on him, and when yeah. you sacrifice him, you get a bunch of life back. Also, go real deep. Lich's Mastery. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a bunch of uncastable six <laughs> drops. Let's let's go. Let's have some fun with that. They, they're both three and three blacks. So. They are. They are, and they both want you to gain life. We did it. Sure, broke the format. You heard it here first, folks. Already, we're done. We're done here. <laughs> Number one mythic, here I come. Here I come. Bolas is Citadel. Sure, you play that, I'll play actual Bolas. You'll probably win. <laughs> Damn it. So, we kind of have all these powerful things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of dug through the card file and tried to find some, like, cute interactions. Mm-hmm. You're not going to build a deck around them, right. but they're interactions that could come up 
and be powerful when they happen. Yeah, like if you're in those colors already, yeah. maybe they're worth looking into. So I have an unnatural obsession with Pelt Collector. Hey, Pelt Collector's a good card. So Pelt Collector with Hwatley's Raptor. Yeah. So Hwatley's Raptor is green-white, mm-hmm. or he has Vigilance. Yeah, it's a 2-3 Vigilance. And he proliferates. When it enters a battlefield, it proliferates. I said that smoothly, guys. So if you stack your triggers right, mm-hmm. you put your counter on your Pelt Collector. Yep. Then proliferate, and now and you end up swinging with a three-three on turn two. Yeah, pretty good. That'll that'll get the job done. Then you play like a four-power thing, mm-hmm. a Gideon, and now you have a four-four trampler mm-hmm. on turn three. Pretty good. Yeah, then we win that game. Probably. I'm glad we agree. <laughs> the Neoform, mm-hmm. which what does that one do? Uh, so Neoform is a sorcery. It's a green and a blue. As an additional cost to cast this spell, sacrifice a creature, and you get to tutor for a creature card with CMC equal to one plus the sacrifice creature's mana cost. Okay. Put it on the battlefield, and then put a 1-1 counter on it. So something that really likes 1-1 counters is Growth Chamber Guardian. So you can sacrifice a 1-drop, and then get a 3-3 Growth Chamber Guardian, Put a counter. you put a counter on it, yep. and you draw yourself another 2-drop. So that like lets you start your Growth Chamber Guardian chain. Yep. So it's like it's kind of like playing an additional growth chamber guard. Yeah, because you just get to go find it. You have to have a one drop, but you can have a land war elf. Now, in playing that gruel deck that we were talking about, that we've both been playing on arena, mm-hmm. the games where I have chained two or three growth chamber guardians together are the games you win. Are the games you win handily? Yeah, those are the games that you like beat Esper control. Yeah. Because you're just like, I'm gonna draw four four every turn. Yeah. Good luck. It's kind of weird that this is. An uncommon, right? It is, considering like Eldritch Evolution was a rare. rare. Yeah. I think it was plus two. It was plus two, you're right. I think LSV today on, on, on LR said uh, we can get rid of our Allosaurus Rider and make it a Grizzlebrand mm-hmm. on turn two. That's solid. I did that for a while. You did? Yeah. Did. I remember being like, what the hell does this card do? It gets Grizzlebrand is what it does. I was like, what is this Allosaurus Rider? Remember that brief time where Allosaurus Rider was like 10 bucks? Yeah. It's because it had zero text except for it was free and it was a CMC7. Yeah, it was a star, star, where star is equal to the number four you controlled, which was like one. I think one. it was just lands. Lands? One. Yeah. The one, one. <laughs> Seven mana, one, one. Sure. Goes and gets Iona. Or Grizzlebrand. Yep. There we go. Wins the game. Solid modern tech here, guys. Let's yeah. go, get your Al- <laughs> go get your Allosaurus Riders now. Yep. I don't have any. <laughs> oh, no. I do. I just priced you myself can use out. Mine. I just priced myself out. <laughs> Give me this text, uh, this uh, tech for free. And then we have a bunch of cards that look powerful, mm-hmm. that like read powerful, but yeah. we don't really have a home for them yet. Right. So I think the the first one you put on the list was uh, Ugin. Yeah, it's Ugin the ineffable. Can't f with this. You can't f with him now. No, he he doesn't f well. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. No, that that's that's high quality content. <laughs> So Ugin is a six generic mana. Uh, starting loyalty is four. Um, he makes all your colorless spells cast two less to cast, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of odd that it's on a six mana planeswalker. Yeah, what, what am I ramping to after yeah. six? Light steel? I don't know. Like it, It's strange. I'm not sure. His plus one is exile the top card of your library face down, and you may look at it. Um, create a 2-2 colorless spirit, and when that spirit dies, you get to draw the card exiled with it. Yeah, it's basically manifest. Kind of, sort of, except you can't flip it. Yeah, and when it dies, you just put it in your hand. Right, so he makes like little mini matter shapers. And then he has a minus three of destroy target permanent that's one or more colors. Seems good. So basically anything. I think both of those abilities are great. 
Yeah, they are. Even if the cost reduction isn't. There's nothing in standard, I think, that really would reward you for that. Yeah, I don't think so either. And I don't think there's anything in modern or legacy that's got, I got to six. I need to get to eight now. I also think there's probably better things you can be doing with six mana. Probably. But a plus one is great for card advantage and it builds you an army. Yes. So it kind of does two things at the same time. And then the minus three protects itself. No, no, I think it's solid. It's just where, like we said, where does it go? Yeah, I don't know what the home is. Right, we have Karn, the great creator. Mm-hmm. This is a four mana Karn mm-hmm. with loyalty five. So a ton of loyalty. Ton of loyalty. For four mana. Yeah. Uh, he's Null Rod. Only for your opponents. Yes. So activated abilities of artifacts your opponents control can't be activated. Right. So that's good. That's real good. And then plus one, less good. Until your next turn, uh, up to one target non-artifact, non-creature artifact becomes an artifact creature with power and toughness equal to its converted mana cost. Mm-hmm. So there's not a ton of artifacts that are probably going to get played. I'm not quite sure what that's going to like turn on and make like a dude. Yeah, that's odd. Yeah, EV brought up that in uh, a modern and legacy, it kills uh, Chalice of the Void. Oh yeah, yeah, just like kill your Chalice. It's any artifact. Any artifact. It's not so just you can yours. kill your EE, kill an opponent's EE, yeah. kill a Chalice. Hmm. So that's interesting. That's cool. Then the neg two, you get to take an artifact you control from outside the game, yeah. and put it into your hand. And that's really more relevant than the first one. Yeah. So. It kind of lets you, you can have a toolbox of artifacts. Mm-hmm. I thought it might be good in the prison deck. I, I thought it would be good in the prison deck also. I was told I was wrong. Only time will tell. Yeah, I don't know that you're wrong. Right, just being It's your able fifth to... copy of every lock piece you need. It's yeah. your fifth bridge. It's your fifth uh, uh, chalice. It's your fifth whatever you want. Yeah, and like instead of having, instead of running the risk of drawing your silver bullets, yeah. they're in your board. Right, He might be a little bit slower than were sometimes, mm-hmm. but you still just have. Well, I mean, all the artifacts you're getting are cheap, though. It, it's not like, I mean, you still have to have mana to cast were. It's not like it's free. Yeah. So you carn and go get a pithing needle. Carn and, you know, go get your bridge. Carn and get your welding jar or whatever. Your witchbane orb. Witchbane, well. Which, which is really hard to get with a were. Yeah. But I've not played that deck because I'm not a terrible person. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm not, I'm at no point to, to speak about it. But it could also be good, like, in some, like, Tesserator deck in Legacy. Right. right. There's a lot of places where it could be, it could be reasonable. Yep. And then we have James in the notes. This is my kind of card. What kind of card is your kind of card, sir? Oh, this is my girl. Uh, Liliana Dreadhorde General. Okay. This is the kind of card that gets my blood flowing. She is a six-mana Planeswalker, four and two black. Comes in with a ton of loyalty. Starts with six. Okay. Uh, She has a static ability that says whenever a creature you control dies, draw a card. Okay, so basically she is Midnight Reaper without Uh, the life loss. It's any creature. Is any creature? Whenever a creature you control dies. Right, but it counts tokens. Okay. Yeah. Which is important because she makes tokens. She does. Her plus one is make a 2-2 black zombie that when it dies will draw you a card. Pretty good. Yep. Uh, Her minus four is each player sacrifices two creatures. Which clears the board out and draws you two cards. And draws two creatures. Yeah, that seems great. That's everything I want to do in Magic. Kill my opponent's stuff and draw cards? Absolutely. There we go. Yep. And then if you haven't gotten enough advantage through making an army of zombies and sacrificing them to clear your opponent's board, her ultimate basically wins you the game. It's a minus nine. Each opponent chooses a permanent they control of each type, sacrifices the rest. That's pretty good. That's pretty good, yeah. 
So they're left with like a land, a, a creature, land, a, creature a, planeswalker. a planeswalker. Okay. I think you win all the games that you get to do. You have her out for four turns. I, I honestly don't think you even ever ultimate her. Like I think she generates enough advantage through making zombies and making your opponent sacrifice stuff that you probably don't even ever need to ultimate her. That'd be fun. Oh, sure, it'd be fun. Yeah, I mean, getting a bunch of tutus, like, you can win a game with a bunch of tutus. Mm -hmm. I don't know what deck she slots into. Like, I think the the lazy swap is just six mana Veraska for... Insulti, you mean? Yeah, Insulti for for Lily. Yeah, I don't even... Like, I'm sure she's good there, but I don't even think that's her best home. I, I think she's better than Vraska there. But mm-hmm. I don't think that's her best home. I think uh, she's in some sort of super grindy aristocrat style deck that... Okay, we're killing your guys gets you yeah. advantage. I mean, you've won a zero mana sack outlet. Yeah, I guess that's kind of a zero mana sack. That's a six mana sack outlet. But. After the <laughs> after the first six mana investment, you get some you get some free sacking eventually. So that seems reasonable. So we're going to stop talking about new stuff. Yep. Talk about old, hopefully dying things. Stale things. Stale. Like that loaf of bread that you find and you're like, what was this from? Oh, it's moldy and awful. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? So then I'm talking about Arena. Yeah. Woo. The Arena metagame has not changed. Has not changed. I will say Arena was a little fresh with uh, the Singleton format. Mm-hmm. That's the only kind of commander I'm willing to play. <laughs> Competitive one-on-one. 60 cards involved. And no actual commander. And no actual commander. Wait, that's why Richard Garfield intended. Um, <laughs> so I played a lot of Singleton because it was fun and relaxing. I didn't have to worry about like if I lost two games in a row, like right. tumbling down out of uh, out of a rank. Right. So I played mostly that. And then when it went away, I think on Sunday, I hit Diamond 1 and then basically didn't play any ranked matches until Friday. Mm-hmm. And then Saturday, I hit Mythic. Congratulations. Thank you. Went, went back to Gruel. Yep. Gruel is good still. Yep. I tweeted out, I was like, in case you people forgot, Gruel is still the truth. Yep. I win 60% of my games when I play red and green cards. I win no percent of my games when I play white cards. It's awful. <laughs> in like a small sample of 37 games, it was still like 35% Esper and 25% red with a little bit of white to get to 70% of the money game. Yeah, I didn't play much arena at all. And the little bit I did play was best of three. Okay. And it seemed like all I played was salt eye decks. Which is which is fine. What were you playing? Uh, I was on a sweet Rectos build with Judith and Priest of Forgotten Gods. So you just got to beat up on people? Yeah, I was just beating up on people. Pinging off all their little stuff, making them sack their big stuff, and stomping them with phoenixes and such. I mean, it's my kind of magic. Yeah. Hopefully Arena gets shook up and we get some new decks. I mean, it'll definitely get shaken up. Even if it's just for a little while while people are figuring out the format, it's definitely yeah. going to get shaken up. If you're trying to make like you know a late season push for Mythic, once the new set comes out, if you notice you're playing against a bunch of garbage decks yeah it might be time to just settle in with mono red and just punish people beat people up because i know uh, right after uh Ravnica allegiance came out i was like oh, i'm gonna play some fun decks and just like proceeded to get like turned four by mono red yep. over and over and over and over again yeah so do that to some people if you want to like make a run up the ladder real quick because mm-hmm. people are gonna be playing some like bad mana bases and some bad cards well exactly what's gonna happen is this is gonna be true for me and you right now but it might be a little bit late for you guys um tomorrow starts the streamer event yes so the streamers get to play with new cards first. They do. And I imagine all of the decks you're going to see this coming weekend and maybe through next week are going to be decks from the streamer event, people testing them out. Probably. So if those decks you notice have a weakness, it's 
probably time to exploit it. Yeah, like if you're really trying to grind the ladder, you need to need to be ruthless and be like mono red will punish everyone who stumbles on their bad mana base. Yep. Or Esper will punish everyone who doesn't have enough ways to deal with control decks. Because a lot of times in a new format, people are super soft to counter spells. Yeah. Because they just want to play their big dumb thing. Well, they're also trying to figure out like how their deck fits in the meta. Yeah. And a lot of times um, they're trying to figure out what powerful things they can do and kind of skimp on interaction. Yeah. Like you'll, you build your deck and it has no removal because it's right. got, you've got 36 sweet cards you want to play and right. who wants to play a lava coil. Right. And you want to try and... Uh, pick some people. Pick some people. Think. Point. Throw Palaka Worm into play. <laughs> Gain seven, seven, seven Trampler. Yep. It's pretty solid. I don't think Red can beat that. I don't think so either. I gained seven for no mana. Yep. Woo. I guarantee you Red can't beat that. Yeah. Especially when you do it again the next turn. Because mm-hmm. they can't ever kill a 6-6. Six, six. Right. Like, forget about that. Yeah. Probably Thursday until really the like the first SEG event happens. Right. Like that's what's going to set the best of three meta game. Mm-hmm. The best of one meta game is going to do its own thing. Yeah. But you're going to have like a week, maybe seven days where you can just kind of, you know, if you want play mono red mm-hmm. or mono white and just get under people and yep. run them over. Punish people that are stumbling, trying, trying out new stuff. Yeah. Like we said a few episodes ago, right? The mono red usually does well the first week. Mm-hmm. because everyone else is playing bad cards. Right. So if you're going to an event uh, coming up, probably not this weekend because it's pre-release, but the next weekend, you definitely want to look, if not to mono red, to something it's aggressive. slanted yeah. um, to punish the people that are trying to figure out the cool, sweet, interactive decks. So just keep that in mind if you want to get some easy wins. Mm-hmm. That is about done. Yeah, yeah, I think we're all set here. Thanks again to Juan and Myrtle Beach Games. Yep, you're the best, Juan. For uh, hosting us. Yep. Got to submit our game entries. So. Yeah. Don't forget to submit. We're looking for all of you to engage with us a little bit and let us know what you think. Yeah. So you might be like all of us. We just cracked a thousand downloads today. We did. So 14 episodes, a thousand downloads. I went through. We have downloads in South Korea. So we're bigger than StarCraft. Hello, uh, South Korea. Anya Haseo. Yeah. Wow. Good job. Uh, I'm a Babo Hindungi. Which is a dumb white guy. Alrighty then. Yeah. It makes two of us. There we go. Babo Hindungi. Yeah. We have like three people in Finland that have downloaded. We, wow. Yeah, we, we're we all over the place. We are worldwide here. That's crazy. Three people in Australia. Like, yeah, we're worldwide. We're doing it. Here. Hello to all you people not in Myrtle Beach. Yeah, hi. Thanks for thanks for tuning in. Yeah, play our game. We will send the prize internationally if need be. Absolutely. I would be thrilled <laughs> to send the prize internationally. Yep. Like, we'll even write like America's number two on it if you want. Like, whatever you need. Like, it'd be pretty sweet. Whatever you want to do. Have fun at pre-release. Yeah. Pre-release is my favorite time to play Magic. I hope uh, all you guys are headed out, going to crack some sealed kits and have a blast. So... If I say this on the podcast, maybe it'll actually happen. I'm going to try to record and post a sealed event from mm-hmm. Arena on Thursday or Friday. Awesome. So I'll try to get that up on our YouTube page. So it'll be like our first thing. I just want to try to get that other and like have a taste of the format before mm-hmm. actual pre-release happens so people can kind of see what's going on with crazy planeswalkers and stuff. Mm-hmm. So cool. we're going to try to make that happen. No no editing, just raw, uncut. Yeah, send it out there. Me yelling at people. <laughs> How are you playing the card? <laughs> and dying to it. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. great. It's going to be great. It'll be fun. With that, we'll see you next time. Yeah. Uh, we'll cut you at FNM and hopefully pre-release. Yeah. All right. Have a good time. Yep. See you guys.